0: That's heritageradionetwork.org/15 to donate and enter to win today, and make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. Our Master Cheesemaker Program is one of the only two in the world, so it's no wonder every master in America has called Wisconsin home. Find your next favorite cheese and meet our makers at wisconsincheese.com.
2: So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll, Lord. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul.
3: The devil runs his groove in that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you in the air. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte.
4: I'm Southern Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Gentlemen... The year-end roundup at the Speakeasy. Yes, this is
3: our traditional uh, year-end roundup that we've been doing for some years, and uh, you know it's the biggest show uh, in the biz. Uh, You know, it's like it's just—it's kind of like the Mariah Carey Christmas special, but for booze. Uh,
4: Yeah, yeah, I love it.
2: And people have been, been lining up for 12 months just waiting for it. It's waiting been, yeah, highly anticipated. Yeah. Wait, but, but the Mariah Carey thing is about
4: booze too, right? All I want for Christmas is booze. Isn't that what she's singing? Uh, yeah. That's what I sing whenever <laughs> I sing along.
2: <laughs> at, I don't know. At, it's at, all at, I want at for closing Christmas. time at whatever miracle <laughs> pop-up I happen to be at.
4: It's all I want for Christmas is Suze. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that's going to come up again and again and again in this conversation. Well, it's it's been
3: coming up, uh, for me coming back up um no, i'm kidding uh <laughs> 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 oh man there's been you know this being our second yeah i guess our second christmas holiday season in covid um it's yeah. it's interesting to see and we're going to talk a lot about this today like how businesses have adapted we're not going to say pivot even though i just did uh because we're sick of that word right um but you know, and not only that, just like the business side of it, but you know, some different trends that happen and, and also, you know, just the general kind of attitude and, and consumers and, and customers at the bar and and bartenders and chefs and waiters. And, you know, it's been, it's been interesting to see this year and still somewhat dumbed down from, from before, but you know, things have actually, I mean, like I'm the silver lining guy on the show, so I should be really positive about this, but there's been, it's it's been interesting to see how people have fun and kind of move forward and up during, a, still during a pandemic, right?
4: Yeah, I think we've, we've bounced back considerably, but of course we're not, um, you know, back to what, it, you know, what, what we can, what we've envisioned as a good time out and about, um, you know, as it was pre-COVID. Uh, we've certainly changed the landscape in a lot of ways, both in physical structures of the places that we visit and the the ways we have to visit. You know, we have to present vaccination and ID everywhere we go, and uh, you know, lots of places still require masks. And um, you know, it's uh, we're still rebounding from this thing. And even today, you know, uh, I know we're going to talk about a year end wrap up, but even today, uh, I just got a message from Todd um, who. Uh, you know, is over at NYU and he says the campus decided today to shut down. So uh, that's two in New York, Columbia and NYU both shut down their campuses again due to Omicron climbing numbers, et cetera. So, but, but yeah, we're, I think we're definitely coming back. It's just, uh, and not unexpectedly. So, right. Uh, uh, I remember on one of the shows earlier this year, talking about uh, an article that I had read that, that called this the hammer and dance. Uh, You hammer down on lockdowns or restrictions or what have you. And then as things seem to right themselves, you slowly step out and start doing a little dancing. And then, you know, something spikes and you have to hammer down again. I I think we're – those cycles are moving much uh, wider now, it seems. We don't hammer for as long uh, and we dance longer. Whereas in in the earlier days, it was more hammer, less dance, right?
3: Yeah. I mean – yeah, here in in you know Marin County in the Bay Area, they you know we just got another spike in cases, right? But like this is we're now we're still in our second phase of our second time around, second round of of maskless uh, interaction. So like for instance, like yesterday I went to grab a drink for happy hour and this one particular place, like it's not even. The other kind of dance, right? Where it's like, oh, you put on the mask for the five feet from the front door to the bar stool. Um, mm-hmm. They just, it just no one's wearing masks, right? But it's, but Marin also has like a very, like probably one of the lowest uh, COVID rates in the country. And so that's why they're able to say, well, you know what? We can go maskless now. And also like one of the highest vaccination rates in the country, too. So it's interesting, like kind of like living in this kind of like back and forth. Yeah, I know that I know that New York was kind of like doing something of like the same, right?
4: Uh yeah, absolutely. We've uh uh you know, well, for instance, at my company, company-wide, since uh, Omicron became um visible on the radar, we decided that staff would go back to being masked up. Uh for a long time we had said, you know, everyone had to be vaccinated, of course, because we can't mandate that uh people coming in to visit us are vaccinated. If we aren't, right, that breaks the chain. So of course that mandate meant that everyone who works in hospitality had to be vaccinated. So we're all hundred percent vaccinated, and we got to the place where we said, well, as staff we can choose to wear a mask or not, whatever you think you're comfortable with. And I would say the majority of folks decided to go maskless. Uh, but as soon as Omicron came on the scene, we uh, suggested, or sorry, we mandated that everybody in our 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 establishments go mask on at all times again. So again, we're doing our due diligence um, and we're, we're not without um, uh, uh, incident, right? Uh, currently my GM at the complex where Maury Margo and Cafe Longfair and Logia are, uh, is out uh, for a 10 day quarantine because he tested positive. Uh, and then we had two other people test positive. So, you know, I'm, I've been working extra hard and especially during the holiday season where it's, you know, extra busy um, because we're shorthanded again because of this. So, you know, it's not, we're not out of the, uh, you know, we're out of the deepest part of the water, I think, but we're not out of the water yet.
3: Right. Craig, what's it like? You're in uh, Washington, D.C. right now, correct?
2: I am in Washington, D.C. right now. Yeah, which is, um, it, it's still as of the last, I mean, I haven't been able to, to go out very much just because it's been a very busy week for me, but uh, the last time I was here, there was still an indoor mask mandate um and i know this because whenever my friend would come up to visit me in new york anytime he'd go into like you know even even like even like going out for bagels in the morning he'd be like i don't have to wear a mask inside this is so great um but yeah i mean just kind of looking at the year in review i think about what when we started doing this last year uh when we um couldn't book a guest for the last show of the year and turn it into a beloved holiday tradition that people wait for all year long now. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's us. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about how we were talking about like, you know, in 2020, like, oh, when we get to the new normal, like what's the new normal going to look like? And I think the new normal is probably, if this year has showed us anything, it's just that hammer and dance cycle, you know? It's like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like it's it's bad, it's good, it's bad, it's good. Run! Cases are falling. You know we we did it. Oh no! Wait, they're rising again. Crap! This is never going away. Uh, everybody, everybody, take to Twitter and express your outraged opinions <laughs> about vaccinations and masks, one way or the other. Go. Um, and it's it's I don't know. It, it's 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 at a point where I'm realizing that we're just going to be doing this for a long, long, long time and it would be easier i think if we could all just get on the same page that this is a public health crisis that needs to be dealt with seriously and not some sort of assault on our god-given liberties you know that's mm-hmm. the, that's the part that still bothers and and worries me honestly at this point more than the virus because we have tools to fight the virus but until there's a vaccination against you know newsmax we're still going to have to deal with this issue
4: Right. Yeah. Agreed. I think this is, I mean, I don't, I don't see myself as a New Yorker. I don't foresee a future where I don't have a mask in my pocket at all times so that I can put one on to get on the subway or put one on when I'm in a crowded space. I don't know that I'll ever get on an airplane without a mask again. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 ever is a long time, of course, but like not in the foreseeable future. Right. Uh,
3: yeah. And yeah. I, I, you know, th- as long as the flights so far that I've been on aren't serving drinks, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. which has been a really huge bummer. Um,
2: you need to get on better flights, damn
3: it. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was going to say, it's that, you know, the only way I could take my mask off is if there were drinks. And, uh, so far there haven't been any. So, and, and, and going to fun places like Las Vegas and Hawaii, there should be drinks sure. on the flights, especially the a long flight to Hawaii, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's yeah i mean it's i agree with you southern like there's there's always a mask in my pocket um whether it's mandated at a business or not it's like i always you know we're conditioned now where it's like you always put it on just just in case even if there's a lift on the mask um it always goes on when when I'm hitting the front door
4: of a business. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, uh, that's, that's just part of society. Now it's part of life. I, I don't think it's uh, going to go away in a, in a foreseeable time. You know, we're talking five, seven years, uh, maybe even a decade, 10 years. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the hope is of course that one day we'll be to a place where we don't have to fear, uh, you know, somewhat uh, for our lives. I, I don't feel like I fear for my life, but I, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, you put that thing on and yeah, ha- there's some, disconnect between the connection between other humans you know you mm-hmm. can't see their face it's a little bit of hidden um which of course also this past year we saw a lot of uh you know virtual cocktailing being done right yeah. uh, i know i know i personally uh, stopped when i hit 42 uh, virtual zoom style classes slash tastings and they just exhausted me at first they were there was a part that was good where it was like, okay, I had been sort of out of touch with with connection with people over drinks as a service, you know, member, uh, and and so it was like, oh, this feels good to like reconnect and chat with people. Uh, but then I realized it was so, it was still so stilted and disconnected that I just couldn't do them anymore. Um, I don't know if you guys had a lot of experience with that, but I, yeah, I cut it off at forty-two. That's I kind of like
2: them, but. <laughs> But that's just me. But that's just because I like uh, being lazy and not having to leave my home sometimes. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I guess my- I mean,
3: anyone who's been at your bar knows that you don't really like doing much. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's I, true. I
2: guess that is, it's a continuation <laughs> of my natural MO, but I also, I mean, I, I enjoyed the ingrained granted, I didn't do 42 of them, but for the, you know, Two dozen or so that I did, I enjoyed being able to to tap into that energy that I missed from being behind the bar, uh, and and being able to kind of be you know get up on that stage again. I guess it's that it's it's the it's the chance to have that spotlight on you that I think all of us that go into this industry crave on some level or another. And not everybody likes it in the same way, not everybody wants it in the same way, but I think we all enjoy it in our own individualized ways. And for me, I was able to get that by at least, you know, doing that in front of my laptop instead of behind a bar. But I could also see where that wouldn't be everybody's experience. You know, for oh, sure. For I a mean, lot that's people, what especially drew- for the bar that you've built. I mean, it's such a it's such a it's such a clubhouse. I can imagine that you would miss it so when you weren't able to yeah, be there. I mean,
4: surely what you just described is what drew me into doing them in the first place. But I, I feel like I guess overwhelmingly my distaste for them came from if you're in my space, I have control over kind of everything, but when I'm dealing with, let's say 40 people on a screen, that are in 40 different places, you know, and I say, pick up your shaker tin," and, you know, eight of them say, I don't have a shaker tin." uh, you know, okay, then use a mason jar. I don't have a mason jar. Uh, then you, you know, it was the constant, I guess in the beginning I was overambitious with the classes that I was trying to offer. Um, because uh, uh, I I had a greater expectation of what what people would have on hand, so suddenly it would I, you know I found myself in positions where I was like well the class is supposed to last two hours and we're supposed to get four drinks made but because of the slowdowns along the way we only got two drinks made in in two hours you know so I had to readjust everything I don't know uh, my uh, again it was uh, it was great to reconnect with people in that way especially in that time when it was kind of you know dark and dreary. And I had no connection with, with human beings because don't forget we were operating the bar, but we were so separate. We were out, people were outside. Uh, so I would be inside mixing drinks and I'd have uh, another bartender with me who would be running the drinks outside. So I had no connection to the people, Uh, you know, it was basically like, uh, I was disconnected.
3: Yeah. I mean, something I learned like really kind of, I was, I want to say early on, but we've been doing this for a long time. Um, since this is the year and wrap up show, I'll say last winter, um, is really actually about the time that I figured this out. But, you know, when we talk about like, just going to a bar, right? Just the experience of going out to a bar, you can drink for a lot cheaper at home, you know, uh, than, than what you get charged for the food and the drinks. You can, you can cook for a lot cheaper, uh, a lot less money. Uh, but the thing is what we're really, what you're getting out of it is the experience of being out and talking to people and, and communicating, socializing. So I, I had to like put myself rather than behind the bar. I was thinking about this in a different way. I was like, you know what, if I'm sitting at the bar or if I'm at the bar, how many people am I actually talking to at one time? It's definitely not 40. I mean, right. you, you can have, I, I mean, I don't have that many stools at grand army. I've got, you know, 14 uh, or 16, depending on how tight. Um, but, but I put myself in the customer position, right? I'm sitting at a bar stool. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to, across the bar to the bartender. Maybe there's two bartenders I get to chat with, but then I've got like one or two people on either side of me. That's six people, right? So when I started doing, I started thinking about these classes in that way, and I was like, okay, so I'm going to limit this to five or six people because that's how many people can actually hold a conversation when you go on a motorcycle ride, there's this old saying that like for every person you add to the group, it's going to add an hour to get to your destination. <laughs> and and it's true because like, especially if you ride old Harleys like me, it's like and my friends, like it, someone breaks down like pretty much every hour, <laughs> you know, like and you're on the side of the road trying to wrench on that thing and get it started. And, and or it's like, you know, especially old choppers, they have small gas tanks and like you have to stop for gas more often and, and like someone's got to pee or like, you know, whatever, wherever it is, you know, like the more people you add, the more time it takes. And that's certainly evident with what you were describing because you are saying that like, you know, these people, it was kind of like their motorcycles breaking down. Like, oh, I don't have a shaker tent. I don't have a mason jar. I don't mm-hmm. have a bar spoon. So I started limiting it to, you know, five, six people tops. And that way you can actually have a conversation with everyone. They can be in the conversation together just in the same way The same setting uh, you would find socially at a bar right so i think i think it's interesting to see that like even though you know we've done a lot of virtual stuff over the past like almost two years um we've also had to refine that you know uh and and make that work better and uh and and you know I, i think you've probably done some of these too but like you know i know that people were offering like kind of like one on one classes and stuff i mean that for me like the the four to six people like per engagement it it really really proved to be successful
2: yeah and i guess this this brings me to sort of a fundamental question that i wanted to ask in as we did our our year in review show because, you know, last year,
3: our
2: long-awaited, the 75th annual Speakeasy Year in Review show. Um, <laughs> can't believe it's been going on that long already. It feels like it was just yeah. just last year. But, you know, last year was just such a a, a punch in the gut. We had so much to talk about because so much had changed from the beginning of that year. And this year, I was kind of thinking like, okay, like what's different because like you you look back on 2021 and it was like oh it's getting better wait no it's not oh you, you know you can sit at a bar or you can or you can go back inside and then you can sit at the bar and then you can take your mask off and you have to put your mask back on and all these other things and i'm sort of thinking to myself like what is the what is the major through line of this year because you look back on it and there are a lot of ways you could look back on and think well here we are again you know I don't want to minimize the transformative effect that the vaccines have had on our daily lives because my God, have they ever think back to last year. And, and we only got those midway through 2021. But it does also feel in a lot of ways like we've you know, come back around to the starting line again. And the one thing that I'm thinking of is like, what has changed about my experience of being in a bar? Like, I honestly have wondered this about myself and my experiences over and over again. And I I I don't know if it's that I can't remember back that far or if we're all just our own worst judges of ourselves objectively. But I honestly can't figure out if it feels different or if my relationship with like sitting down at a bar with a beer is different than it was this time two years ago. And I wanted to sort of pose that very navel gazy question to the two of you guys. Like does it still feel the same? Or does it feel like it's changed in some fundamental way that maybe we haven't even lived long enough to put our fingers on yet?
4: I mean, I'm still pretty limited in the places that I'm willing to go. Uh, And let's use Bargoto as my example, because I go there on Sundays again, church, church is back in session, Uh, Gibbs Sunday, we call it now. Um, (laughs) It needed a new branding. Thank you, Mr. Resler. How did we not come up with that over the years? Um, But uh, I would say, you know, most notably for me is I am sitting in the same spot that I'd like to sit. I am drinking and enjoying the same things that I like to drink and enjoy. I personally am a little less engaging with the people around me if I don't know them. And I would think that that is a two-way street. The people around me, uh, and I notice it in my own places, aren't. Uh, the people, you know, the people that are just in bars, they aren't as engaging with one another. I think there's a, a hesitancy to be chatty, whereas that obviously didn't used to exist. Uh, and that could be totally wrong. Again, my experiences are pretty limited. I go to Subject, which is now all, uh, um, you know, Brian really uh, excelled at making the place efficient for COVID, so it's all sort of cut up. So when you go there, you're, you're you're pocketed with the people you you came with. You don't really have a lot of space or room to interact with people around you. Um, and those are the two places that I really go other than my own spots. Um, that's what I'm seeing. So I don't know if it's, you know, as deep as a fundamental change, but it's a change that's palpable for me.
3: You know, I, I, I I would say that I kind of agree with you, but I, you know, I haven't been in New York for a little bit, but, um, I, I, what I've seen at least out here in California is that I, when, when I go out to bars and, and I'm sitting there at the bar, I I am kind of like uncomfortable in the sense that I I've forgotten how not fully, but cause I'm still a social person, but, um, it's, it's kind of jarring to me how many people kind of like approach me and do want to chat, you know, like I, I've, I've kind of like forgotten how to handle that, you know, because I think, you know, California has been pretty well, Especially where I live, it's been really good about COVID. So, like you know, as I mentioned before, there's like not a, a currently a mask mandate in Marin. I think it's coming back soon though. But it's, I, I like, I have to like relearn how to like have small talk with strangers. <laughs> Basically, uh, it's it's pretty pretty crazy.
4: Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's that's exactly what's happening, and and uh, so I don't know if that's gonna what sort of effect that'll have long-term on our yeah. we, you know, sociability kind of, as humans, you know?
3: Yeah. We've kind of like, I mean, obviously we're still working to get over it, but we're, we're, we're also learning how to live with it. Uh, you know, as you'd said, you know, kind of like just in the, the simplest way of like always having a mask in your pocket. But let's talk about something else because I like, you know, taking these lemons and making lemonade or, or whiskey sour. Uh, if, if you're you know, me, um, <laughs> man the parklet game let's talk about that because like it's like like a lot of these parklets are here to stay um depending on like the city or the county or state but um man I've seen some like just insane parklets like like more designy than the actual bar
4: or restaurant they're uh, attached to um yeah. it's pretty crazy man it's insane uh, <clears throat> and I would include myself I don't know if you've seen any Photos, yeah, of what we're doing at uh, Loggia by Moria Margot. So we've created these little individual lodge rooms, uh, you know, decked out with uh, you know wintry uh, decor, not not holiday, but winter, because this is going to go on all the way through the winter, not just the holidays. Um, and they're private, uh, you know, with their own door and everything, and their own heater. We got blankets in there for you to cozy up with, and. We're doing, uh, you know, uh, so yeah, kind of more, more designed and, and decorated than the bar itself ever was. Uh, and then, um, you know, we're doing a whole different program out there, which is something we've never done indoor, which is, uh, we're offering a whole list of hot drinks that use Amaro vermouth and bitters, um, and Caldo Amaro. Um, and then, uh, and then we're even doing s'mores. I rigged up this little <laughs> unit that, uh, we can have a, a tiny personal bonfire, uh, in this little stone. I, I took the old, uh, metal punch bowls that we used to have up at San Fuegos and I filled them with little stones and I put this little fire in there and I can bring out some marshmallows and graham crackers. And of course, bitter chocolate, at least that stays with our brand a little bit. Mm, Um, so the bitter chocolate s'mores are available. I, you know, and and that's just chartreuse marshmallows. No, I can't, I can't go that far this time around. (laughs) I don't have a, I don't have a, um, I don't have a stand mixer for whipping up marshmallows. Um, he just wants all I, the
2: chartreuse to himself. That's the... And honestly, can't, I, can't It's in the it
4: shower. <laughs> well, we talked a little bit about chartreuse a couple of weeks ago, right? About what's, what's changing with those guys. Anyway, so that's just mine, right? And I'm looking around, and you're right, David. I'm seeing some of these things that are just... They're they're over the top. They're some of them are quite beautiful, which then, uh, sadly for me, puts in stark contrast the ones that are not beautiful.
0: <laughs>
3: sure, sure.
4: <laughs> right. Sure. So suddenly the streets look like, uh, you know, I said it earlier too, but like sort of a shanty town. You know, some of these like beautiful, well-appointed, decked-out parklets next to these ones that are like literally built out of you know uh, shipping crates and pallets. You know.
3: Yeah. Well, they started out as like a, a survival necessity you know and and then when we started realizing that they were here seemingly here to stay you know a lot of places started up in the game i mean we certainly did that at grand army we we have like planters and like electricity and like you know like there's ceiling fans and like all this kind of stuff like that that, that parklet's gonna stick around for a long time you know and so we were like fuck it like we can't be i mean we we it's a point of pride right we we we're that place in the neighborhood, uh, that, you know, these people have shared a lot of their life experience with us and we take a lot of pride in our bar. So we, you know, we decided to extend that and not have like just some afterthought in front of the bar. And also that's another thing. It's like, these things are like in front of your business. They're essentially blocking the view of the beautiful thing that you built. So you should make that just as beautiful because that's, essentially what people are even like all they're seeing
4: yeah i 100 percent agree with that yeah as you drive down the street or, or take your bike or walk you can't see the actual space for the parklet and if the parklet doesn't have any uh identifying markers or design features that match up to the space then you can easily breeze past places that that you you can't see anything about them. So you don't, I'm I'm just saying this, like maybe it's It's like having, it's like having your gate down at all times. Yeah.
3: It's, it's like, there should probably be a tales of the cocktail spirited ward for best Parklet. just saying, I mean, since I, 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 it feels like they're here to stay. So like, let's make it an official thing. Like let's take it from being this kind of like negative kind of like bummer of a thing and spin it into a positive. And also that might uh, encourage some people to, uh, up their game. With right. Their yeah. Yeah. Well, it it kind
2: of reminds me of, there was, a, you know, during the, the the westward expansion of, you know, what we now know as the United States of America, there was a, a port city that basically, like, was just built on the wreckage of old ships. Like, still to this day, like, there are, like, as, as buildings are being built, they are excavating these, like, hulls of ships that basically just got there weren't seaworthy anymore were left to rot and then kind of like the entire town was was built up on top of it and now we call it san francisco right so you know it's it's i i i love them uh i've come on the record on the show before of being loudly and proudly in favor of uh the parklets because i enjoy the sort of um uh, they hit a lot of sweet spots for me you know i enjoy being able to watch them evolve and change in real time. Like, you know, a building is a very static thing. You know, you can change your storefront all you want, but at the end of the day, you're kind of stuck with the, the the actual bones of the place you got. But it's it's nice watching these things change and evolve and, you know, become go from being these sort of the, you know, these the 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 first fish to ever breathe out of water, these just like gross little shantytown things to actually being nice, well put together, well thought out pieces of, of architecture. Uh, I like them because some of them remind me of, you know, they, they, they hit a little bit of a nostalgia spot for me of like, you know, back, back in the the very early days, uh, drinking in places where you weren't supposed to, like, it feels like you're kind of getting away with something a little bit, drinking on these, like these wooden mm-hmm. boards and you have to keep your coat on and it's in this kind of improvised space. And I like that. Um, but I also just enjoy the sort of, symbol of resilience that they are, you know, the idea that there is, you know, this, this has sucked. There is no two ways about that, but it's a nice, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a way for these businesses that have just hung on by their fingertips to not only still be there, but to, to thrive and to have a new way to surprise and delight their guests. I don't know. That's my, that's my dose of silver lining for today. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here, leave you on uh, a slightly more upper note and hear a little bit from our sponsors, but we will be right back with the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. So stay tuned.
1: This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. In Wisconsin, cheese is our thing. Wisconsin is the only state in the country that requires a license to make cheese. From curds to cheddar, blue to brick, Wisconsin cheesemakers can do it all. We blend tradition with innovation to create an incredible variety of cheeses that you just can't get anywhere else. You've heard of a PhD, but have you heard of a pH cheese? otherwise known as the Wisconsin Master Cheesemaker Program. This rigorous study of cheese is an elite accomplishment earned by only 80 talented cheesemakers in Wisconsin, and the program is only one of two in the world. Becoming a master cheesemaker takes 13 years and is basically like a doctorate in a specific variety of cheese with intense requirements to succeed. Our Master Cheesemaker Program allows makers to perfect both the art And science of their craft in a tradition so rich you can taste it. Find your next favorite cheese and meet our makers at wisconsincheese.com.
3: And we are back. You're listening to the Speakeasy and Heritage Radio Network. This is our world famous end of year wrap up show. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about, like, you know, obviously. the major topics of the year are you know we're still in a pandemic we're dealing with it in certain ways sometimes some some better than others but uh we were just talking about uh, a positive thing about the uh the parklets we should uh we should raise some funds for a heritage radio network the speakeasy parklet hall of fame uh <laughs> create a museum <laughs> out of these things whenever we go back to normal and they uh, don't have anywhere to go actually you know What would be kind of fun is uh, I don't I think it's like somewhere it's in downtown Brooklyn, but it's like you know it's a bunch of old shipping containers that they turn into shops and and kind Mm -hmm. of like pop up restaurants and and whatnot. Be kind of of cool. Radio network. Yeah, that too. (laughs) But (laughs) but if we had like a a lot somewhere where everyone could move their parklets and uh, and continue, and we'd have like a parklet park uh it was like (laughs) you can visit all these bars in like one place kind of like smorgasburg uh (laughs) that would be i don't know that's for another show maybe but um but yeah so we we definitely like we've seen a lot of growth in in kind of like upping of the game with parklets but man let's talk about drinks uh over this past year you know like i obviously to go along with that we we're talking about to-go cocktails and kind of like the legalities jumping around and coming in and coming out and, uh, not, but like, aside from the legality, uh, of, of to-go cocktails and how people have changed, uh, the, the drinking cultures it were during this time, um, seen a lot of really interesting kind of programming too, where I don't, it, I don't know if this is necessarily, um across the board but you know i've really noticed a lot of uh you know there was we already had the low and no abv cocktail kind of thing swelling up right but then also highballs really coming into play a lot i i've really noticed a lot of bars offering kind of like simpler straight to the point cocktails you know it's like we we've kind of like gone away from like really insane like molecular things like foams and whatnot but like it's it's kind of like you know what you deserve a strong simple drink <laughs> here it is I think
4: yeah I think we we even on the air here predicted something like that in the beginning where you we know. were like I think people are gonna come back or as they come back we're still coming back uh they're going to be seeking out comfort uh just just as we saw with food during this people wanted comfort foods you know mm-hmm. uh, things that things that nourish them and made them feel you know comfortable and whole i think that's the same thing with drinks we've really kind of twisted the clock back again to this this land of classics and yeah. you know no no i wouldn't say no fuss or no muss. we're still fussy about our, oh, yeah, our products sure. but but they're definitely a lot more um you know a familiar approachable you right. know it's uh we're, we're really seeing you know manhattans and negronis and gibsons and you know uh it's
3: yeah. yeah i mean at grand army we definitely like we are back in the game of like having our themed menus right now it's it's all cats Um, (laughs) and uh people are freaking out about it um but you know at the beginning of this all uh, when we were only able to do to go food and drinks we were like you know what we're not gonna have a theme menu we're not gonna like do all this crazy shit we're just gonna have the two drinks that people want the most we're gonna have a spicy margarita and we're gonna have a negroni uh both to go and you know what people were so thankful they're like dude this is all Anyone really wants right now, but they want to drink when they want something kind of like simple and familiar and comfort, comfortable. Like you said, um and you know who doesn't like those two drinks? And especially when you're walking around, you know, in the the cold winter months in New York, it's like having like kind of a more bracing bitter cocktail like a Negroni, or on the flip side, something really refreshing but also with a little little spice to it. You know, it it really worked out for us. We didn't serve anything hot, um, which. Would have been great, but we, uh you know, kind of like you don't have the stand mixer to make the marshmallows. We we didn't have like a Fetco tower, uh, you know, to heat up a right. cocktail. But um, but yeah, it was. It's interesting to see where we where we were last winter to where we are now. And I mean, honestly, I know we've talked about a lot of like kind of downer things today on this show. It's not meant to be that way, but I mean, if you look back to one year ago, I mean, out here in California, we were in a shutdown. Um, this time of year during the holiday season at the peak, we got shut down and we weren't even allowed to do outdoor dining or drinks at all. So, I mean, we're in a pretty fucking good place compared to that right now. I have to say, I got to throw that silver lining out there. Um,
4: I mean, we can talk about a lot of positive things, you know, we've seen the resurgence of, of cocktail conventions like BCB tales of the cocktail 50 best just happened a couple of days ago. Lots of folks were in London, uh, on December uh, what was it 7th uh, the day after repeal day which also there were celebrations for that so you know we're not we're not we're definitely not out of it but we're certainly not in that darkest place we we were that we were having to get used to for a while and also now we're just continually yeah, adjusting yeah and now we have motherfucking mountain zoos i mean like <laughs> where was that a year ago yeah, you know? that was just uh, in its—it it wasn't even a twinkle in anyone's eye. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I do have some breaking news regarding Mountain Sews. Oh, um, really? Yeah, last night I—I I was on uh, not a Zoom thing, but more of a, a, a corporate um, a cocktail event. It was a. 20s themed party uh, where they had to get out of an escape room to find their way into the speakeasy where I was to, to coach them through drinks but we sent them all the equipment so they had everything they needed um, but um, it turns out that the corporate client was uh, some of the higher ups from uh, Taco Bell oh, which man. is a Pepsi house which carries Mountain Dew so oh, I brought no. this brought oh, up to them oh, uh, Mount, Mountain Dews <laughs> And even as we were on the screen, I could see them all, and I told them, you know, I had a, I had a video that went semi-viral, and it got in the press, and then a T-shirt was made. And, you know, once you tell someone a T-shirt got made, uh, you know, it's a real thing. <laughs> so uh, they were looking up the video, and I was saying, you know, I know you guys carry Mountain Dew. Uh, if you got get some shoes into the cantinas, Taco Bell Cantina. So, you know, I, I, I got my fingers crossed. I'm not... Uh, I'm not so naive as to believe it's definitely going to happen, but you know, I dropped that seed. So we'll see.
3: I mean, you could tell them that, that, uh, Ross from friends is a regular at your bar and you've served. Them to him. <laughs> Schwimmer. <Dave Fimmer. laughs> um, uh, dude, that's amazing. So, so like, yeah, you know, there's actually one of the, I think it is the first one. Uh, it's in Pacifica, which is like Right just south of San Francisco, which I've been to. That's the first, I think it was the first Taco Bell cantina. And, you know, it's like one of those things where you you didn't know that you needed it until it popped up, and then you're like, oh, God. You know, it would be really great with this uh, Dorito crunchy wrap thing. It's like, I need a mountain shoes. Shoes. <laughs> <And> I can <laughs> I can actually order one here.
4: Uh, I will say one of the higher ups uh, 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 when I when I when I told her about it, she when I told the whole group about it, she exclaimed, "Would it work with Baja Blast?" <laughs> <laughs> so you know there might be some R and D going on over at the Taco Bell headquarters Southern, today, Southern. But yes, will it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I said I said we can find out. We have the technology. Yes. See, I see,
2: I see. Baja Blast is more of a of more of a chinar pairing, or like something a little bit more earthy to kind of complement that. Baja Blast is the like electric blue one, right? The one like the color that uh, doesn't occur naturally in nature.
4: Yeah, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Baja Blast, Braulio Blast. I, I don't know. We,
2: <laughs> we gotta we gotta we
4: gotta workshop this thing.
3: I mean, it, like you know, the, my favorite flavor sometimes is is blue. And you know, like whenever you're, when, you're, when you have like a, a, a Marlin cocktail or a blue white, like doesn't matter what you put in it, it. It tastes like blue when you see blue and, right, and, and I've, you know, I don't, I don't do caffeine. So like I stay away from Mountain Dew, um, especially Mountain Dew as far as sodas go, but I've tasted it before and it tastes like blue and it's a great thing. I, I mean, like I, I would kind of like, I, I don't know if I would go like the whole Amaro route personally. I'd probably go to more like a tropical kind of like kind of tiki vibe with uh, with Baja Blast. Just that's probably where I would start. So I'd it'd probably be like honestly, it would be like agricultural rum is where I, I, maybe I would start. But you know, there are some great Amaro that work with those rums too in in the tiki kind of
2: tropical and, world and, too. And Baja Zoti does roll off the tongue really really nicely. So, you Not know, with <laughs> Ramazotti. Yeah, I'll, I mean
3: Ramazoti yeah. kind of tastes like Dr Pepper to me.
2: Uh, Like a little bit, you know, 100% I think,
3: uh, I I think you're on to something there, Yeah. well, well,
2: I'll tell you what I saw. I mean, continuing this trend of like, you know, bringing the, the, the lowbrow highballs. which I, I, am not a big Mountain Dew fan, but I do love that this just exists. And I love that Mountain Seuss has just kickstarted this whole wave of mutations out there. I saw a great one that I haven't gotten a chance to try yet, but I'm very curious about, uh, Montefago. Which, oh, wow. I think. I mean. I think if Mountain Sues is the coronavirus, Montefago is the Omicron variant. Like, I am very <laughs> curious to see how this concept has twisted itself into this.
4: I mean, it stacks up in my brain. You know, Fuego is very orangey. So well, they make a bunch Montefago of different flavors, but I guess orange, the orange is. Oh, no, no orange. I'm
2: talking about. I'm talking about Fuego. I'm talking about the grape soda that is weirdly oh. uh, that is weirdly tied to the insane clown posse. That's oh. the one that I'm talking about.
4: All right, I'm definitely thinking of the wrong thing. Wow. you're thinking of Fanta. Yeah, I'm thinking of Fanta. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You hmm.
2: know, it's
3: it's like these highballs are kind of like, they're kind of taking over for the, the 50-50 shots in a way. You know what I mean? It's like the new 50-50 shot where we were mixing like, you know, Mezcal and Montenegro and, you know, the hard start, which is 50-50 and Bronco Menta and like all these different shots that were kind of popping up. The CIA, um, it, it's kind of, it's kind of, where all the attention has been redirected to uh, with, with bartenders from the 50, 50 shot to this like lowbrow highball.
4: Yeah.
2: And again, I, I love it. You know, it's the, it's, it's what we were talking about earlier about like people just want comfort, you know, people want fun. I think I, I remember saying like we did our last show before Memorial day, when a lot of restrictions were being eased and we were going into, uh, uh the, it was just the heady days, the beginning of hot vac summer, and I think we ended our show by being like, "Remember fun? You know, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember how? Do you remember how enjoyable fun used to be? Like, go out and let yourself have a little bit of it because you've earned it. And that's why I like these. You know, they're not snooty. They're not super. You know, you don't have to have." Uh, a real complex knowledge of what goes into these things. Frankly, I'm pretty sure that what goes into Mountain Dew is a hell of a lot more complicated than what goes into Suze. But also, it's a nice way to sort of take a lot of these fairly, you know, the, the, the things that we love that we traffic in, which nonetheless can be fairly inaccessible to a, a, a wider audience and kind of bring them down to, you know, take the, the fire of Sue's up from Mount Olympus and bring it down to everybody else. And I fucking love that. And I hope that it's a trend that continues.
3: Absolutely, man. I, you know, I'll tell you something too, as someone who like most people has been like, you know, doing a lot of home drinking during this time, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, 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 drink whiskey highballs. I just drink, you know, bourbon soda, like way more than i should um but the thing is what i really realized is that with these highballs whatever one you like it's really nice to not have to do the dishes like you don't have to you don't have to wash your shaker tin or your mixing glass it's like you just build it in the glass and you're done you know and i i kind of want to redirect that or just kind of build on it a little bit more to something that actually is a cocktail uh like a Classic cocktail, but you know when we had uh recently on the show, Lacey Hawkins from Monkey Forty Seven was on, and she was talking a lot about building martinis on the rocks, maybe yeah. a, in a, a big mason jar. And you know, if you build a martini on the rocks in a mason jar, you've got like three martinis in that mason jar. So I mean, but the and you can like kind of over garnish them and do all this fun stuff. But then at the end of the day, it's like you don't have to do the dishes, and you know that to me is really fun. So. The, the highball thing has been a lot of fun, but I've taken Lacey's advice and I've been making uh, my martinis on the rocks. And, man, it's so nice to not have to clean up <laughs> after yourself.
4: Yeah, for years and years and years, my pat answer for people who would say, why is the Negroni at your bar so much better than the one I make at home? I would just respond by saying, because I do the dishes. You know, yeah. So I, I totally understand that sentiment. Like, you know, take a little bit of pressure off yourself. You're trying to enjoy something.
3: And, you know, Lacey was totally right. And and it's something I, I guess I didn't really see. I haven't seen for a long time. But I remember when I first started bartending, like, almost 20 years ago, I, I remember guests coming in and ordering their martinis on the rocks. And, I, you know, to me, it wasn't that – it wasn't weird at all because it just – so many people ordered them that way. And then, you know, as the years went on and, and it became kind of, like, kind of gauche or whatever, like, it was, like – it it kind of fell out of popularity, but then when Lacey brought it up, I was like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It keeps the, you know, that martini is just ice cold the entire way through. There's nothing worse than like a warm martini. Um, And uh, yeah, so I like it. I think, and it kind of really, honestly that goes back to what we're talking about altogether with like just comfort, you know, Um, it's, it's comforting to have like that ice cold drink, Um, it's comforting to have something that's just simple and to the point, like a mountain zoos, but then it's also really comforting sitting down and enjoying that drink and not looking over at the sink full of like bar tools, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like my, my role is, and I, I, I've said this in different ways. I'm still kind of working on it, but if there are dishes in the sink, it's not time to drink. So like, Mm. and really what that means is like, it's really more for cooking, but drink and sink rhyme. So, like if there are dishes in the sink, then I don't start, I can't start cooking, you know,
4: like same. Oh, I'm definitely the same about that.
3: Yeah. Everything has to be, not only the sink has to be empty, but like the, the drying rack has to be empty yep. for me to start cooking. I exactly. need like a just completely clean crisp area, you know? And, and so, you know, it's it. a lot of times, you know, I clean as I go when I cook and cause I, you know, that's how I work as a bartender. It's like, I'm cleaning as I go. So every time that, you know, and every bartender should do this. Like they should, they should rinse their tins, you know, whatever it is, and, and reset every between every round. And I've seen so many bartenders who just like throw all their tools in the sink, and then every time they need to make a drink, they have to like wash the tools first. There's nothing worse than having to like clean up before you you actually start working. You know, yeah, like right? when you come in it's work the work night before, before you
4: can get to work.
3: Yeah, it's like when you come in the night before and the bartender kind of scumbagged you on, like you know not burning the ice or you know like all the dishes are like nothing's polished you know so i think uh i think the comfort of of the simplicity of of honestly the duty the chores and the duty of of cleanliness you know keep it keep it simple and and in that way it's gonna be more comfortable right yeah right mountain sues is what i'm saying guys
2: yeah let's get it on (laughs) That's the that's our that is our person of the year here at the Speakeasy, Mountain <laughs> States.
4: Uh, beat, it beats Times Person of the Year. Uh, <laughs> All right, I will go back down the negative road. Um, <laughs> well, guys, it's been you know a tumultuous year, but I think we've done our very best to keep on bringing good stories out to our listeners and bringing great guests into our virtual studio. You know, again, if there's a silver lining, I think that's a big one. We've had we've been yeah. able to have on guests from further away we've been able to have damon in the studio with us uh, as often as, as as he can make it because we're virtual and i, I assume i don't i don't think we're going to stop doing it virtually I, yeah you know, i, don't I miss certain. i miss i miss being in the studio but i, I miss think the pizza
3: at Roberta's. honestly well so there's
4: that of course of <laughs> course uh you know and being a, and being in that metal transit box uh, in the middle of the summer that's always good yeah um you know it's like cooking um you know but <laughs> But uh, as much as I miss being in there, I think the show has really had a an opportunity to grow and expand and be better by being virtual. So you know, I don't expect that we're going to go. I know some of the shows are going back to studio, but I don't think we're gonna.
3: Yeah, um, and that's fine. And you know, when when we can, we'll do it. When you know, we're all in the same city. But you know, like we're in three different cities right now. This is awesome that we get to do this. Um, so uh, you know, it is is fun. Is it has been over the years being in the studio uh, and building our bar in there, um, which is also a fun and eating pizza at Roberta's and just, you know, being together. Let's just, I mean, that's the most important part, right? Of course. Of um, course. it's, it's great that we actually have this option and you're correct that being able to uh, have a lot of these guests that don't necessarily have to be in New York city to be with us. Uh, has been just really wonderful and the expansion of the show has really, been you know it, it it we've been all over the world this year. Yeah. I mean it, we really have. So it, so we're very lucky in that. Also, I will say that outside of this being, you know, our year in roundup show, which is, you know, as I mentioned, world famous and uh you know people tend to take this day off uh, from work they, yeah. they use their PTO <laughs> so they can really tune into the show. They want to hear it live and not listen to it on, you know, the podcast uh websites. But you know when we come back from our holiday break it will be and it's my favorite number because i'm a big prime numbers guy but also it's i just think it's the i mean we're in the double digits it will be our 11 year anniversary show
4: yeah insanity so wow that's something and we got back-to-back blockbuster episodes guys <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so, yeah, I I guess that's important to mention as well. We're, this is our last show of the of the year. Um so yeah, we'll we'll be back in January and we'll be ready to host folks from all over the world and talk about all things that are contributing to the world of drinks and drink culture. Um and I I look forward to another great year of hanging out with you guys virtually and and soon enough again in in person.
3: Absolutely. You know, um also I'll say this, you know, I I, I love how you know i always i just kind of want to gush a little bit but you know i always tell people during the holiday season or when it's my birthday i'm like don't send me gifts um cuz like book a reservation you know i am more about experiences and i know that we haven't actually had the time to spend with each other but uh i'm going to be in brooklyn next month and uh i'm sure we're going to get to do that and we're going to have to make up for a lot of lost time i will drink a mountain zoos i will i will chance my health and my non-caffeinated <laughs> lifestyle uh to have a mountain sues made by its inventor and creator how often do you get to do that you know unless you're at like long island bar having a cosmopolitan you don't get to have these iconic like probably the most popular drink <laughs> in our time made by its creator so yeah, we'll, we're, right. gonna, we're gonna have some great experiences
4: next month guys cool we'll go get a penicillin at the new temple bar Let's see oh yeah for there.
2: sure <laughs>
3: So that's it for the Speakeasy this week and this year. Yeah. Tune in to Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Click on the beating heart to donate to the station. And guys, love you. Cheers.
4: Happy holidays. Cheers, everybody. Happy holidays. Cheers. Stay safe.
2: So you don't shun the devil with your rock roll.
4: The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio Network.
3: Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community?